0: Because then I know I have to make 15 calls to get this result, 20 calls to get that result. Like the more um, clear they are, the better, right? Mm -hmm. The more you know about your business and how it works and how it
1: impacts. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Nicole. Nicole, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, I'm glad to be here. Awesome, so share with us, tell everybody who you are and what you do for business. Sure, so my name is Nicole
0: Adias and I'm with prospect to wins What I do is I help companies get in the door through B2B cold calling. So most of our clients are corporate, And then we also do some coaching training. So we have online courses on sales, presentation skills. We do it face-to-face as well. So I'll stop there. So I don't uh, confuse (laughs) anybody. Cause you know, when you start asking entrepreneurs, these questions, right. (laughs) Right? They just go on and on and on. And and I don't want to do that.
1: Awesome. So let's back up the bus just a little bit. And how did you get into sales as a thing?
0: Well, um, I was doing sales for like, most of my life, like I got, I was in retail like age fourteen, and um, I've always been doing sales. I just found myself doing sales, right? And um, over time, because I had a passion for public speaking and corporate training, I had to learn to cold call. So I remember doing the the old fashioned cold calling, which is door knocking up and down the office towers, you know, go go go, collecting the business cards, very old school. And then that led into all kinds of other things, management consulting, cold calling for them Then led into running my own business, which was cold calling, took a pause for several years, went into commercial real estate, and then now back doing
1: my own thing again. So there you go. Right. You say it's old school. People don't actually go door to door in the towers anymore. And you know what? In real estate, they do. <laughs> okay.
0: In real estate, they do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's not it's frowned upon now, right? It's like no solicitation signs all over the place, right? People get pissed off, okay?
1: (laughs) They don't like it. So, you know, it's just walking that fine line. Absolutely. So when you're working with people now, how do you do it if it's, um, what's the new school way?
0: (laughs) Um, I don't know if there's ever going to be a real new school way, but you're just asking for permission a lot more than you used to and you're you're also weeding out things a little bit more. There's a little more grunt work involved now. Um, and I would just say you know you're sticking to the phone, you're sticking to a really good you know script or I like to say bullet points because we don't like to sound like a telemarketer. Um, and you're just you're just
1: being a little more polite about
0: things. That I would say is the biggest difference today.
1: Very cool. So, who do you work mostly with? Who loves kind of working with you and who do you love working with?
0: Um, well, recruitment would be number one. And the reason I say this is I love working with companies that have a quick sales cycle. Um, relatively quick sales cycle. yes, no responses I'll work really well for this kind of thing. Um, so that would be my ideal. Uh, I also work with, you know, design firms. I work with like I've done printing, I've done cybersecurity, real estate. I've worked in various industries. So for me, the most important element is understanding the sales cycle and the patterns, because once I understand that, then I could match that. And and the more a company knows, like if you're dealing with a new entrepreneur and and I, you know, and if I ask them, so, you know, how many calls does it take to get a meeting? Oh, uh, I don't know. Or how many, you know, meetings does it take like to close something? I don't know. Well, if the I don't know answer, I could still help those individuals, but it's me doing the work. Now, if a company comes to me and says, okay, these are our patterns, match it those are ideal because then I know I have to make 15 calls to get this result, 20 calls to get that result. Like the more um, clear they are, the better, right? Mm -hmm. The more you know about your business and how it works and how it impacts and the sales cycle, the better I'm going to help
1: you move along. I love it. So why do most companies come to you to say, Hey, can you do our stuff for you? Is it because they're not getting the results? It's just, they don't have time. What's going on for the most?
0: Yeah. Um, either if it's new, then they need to use someone like me to find out what those patterns are. Um, if they are established, it's usually the established companies. They just don't have the steam to make the calls or their sales reps are not bringing it home or, you know, they just need someone to take over areas that they can't handle anymore right this is really common and i do work with sales teams so you know um a company that has a sales team they're still producing but they may not want to do the initial cold calling they may want to just say oh okay i'm going out for the meeting and i'm gonna you know dazzle them that way so it just it just depends on the stage that they're at and what they
1: want Cool. So there, there is such a, there is still such a thing as a closer and an opener. And you guys are uh, um, willing to participants in the, in the cold calling part.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure, there's definitely closers, openers um, that's with all sales, some people, and it's funny you say that because some individual are just naturally better at starting the process. Others are naturally better closing. So why not have, you know, people doing different things in a, in a firm, right? Or if they're good at both, well great, do both. But you hit it on the nail. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I I'm both fascinated and, and enamored by the whole conversation of kind of the people that are excited to start a conversation and just happy go like they just seem to naturally have this thing where they start conversations everywhere they go. And my mom was one of them and I was struck that she never went into sales because she could have somebody telling her their whole life story by the third floor of an elevator. And (laughs) as a kid, I was like, how do you do that? Really? Really? Okay. Yeah,
0: you're right. It's some natural and also like, um, but then there's that fine line with the salesperson. That's like, they're too good almost and and i don't like dealing with that like they're too good they're too crafted they're so crafted that you don't trust them so it's just
1: kind of that fine understanding yeah absolutely nice so is there kind of Is there a secret sauce to what you do and how you do it that you'd like to share with us or you guys, how do you work? Well,
0: I would just say, you know what the secret sauce is, it's just, it's just grunt work. Really. Uh, I hate to, you know, (laughs) take the glamour away, but really it's not glamorous at all. It's, there's a lot of uh, grunt work and most people don't like to do it. So I guess the secret would be just getting in that right mind space before Mm -hmm. you do it. And some days are going to look really good and they're going to go smooth. Other days are going to be a little more rough. Just expect that craziness um, and then ride that wave and then take a lot of breaks because you're going to deal with all kinds of characters out there. So I would say, you know, if you could do all of those things and you stick with it and you're persistent, then good things
1: will happen. Good things will happen. Good things will come. Nice. So I assume that when you're working with somebody, do they have to have kind of a lot of prep work done for you? Do you draw them out of them? How does that work? Um, Well,
0: what I like is to have fresh uh, leads. Um, In some cases we do the lead generation, but in most cases companies will come to us with leads, which include names, numbers, um, a few good bullet points, what they want done, you know, do they want a meeting, do they want, what's the, what's the objective here, first of all, is it to close more meetings, is it to, you know, send more, send out more uh, marketing materials, is it to like, what do you want the prospect to agree to, and then give it to Nicole or give it to someone from Nicole's team and we'll push it for
1: you over the phones. Very fun. So is there a more effective way or does it just totally depend on the products and services that they're offering? It depends
0: on the offering. It depends on the sales cycle. I'll go back to that, right? Because are you calling to establish a relationship Right off the get go, are you calling to sell something right off the get go like what is the objective longer sales cycle um, businesses, uh, obviously you have to build the relationship the rapport, the conversations are going to look a little different It's not going to be about. Oh well, I'm going to sell you this. They may not have a need for a year to two years, but in order to actually have a meeting with them, you need to have an ongoing communication. Whereas on a you know shorter cycle, shorter sales cycle type of uh, industry or company, you know you can get right into it right away. So it's either a yes no response right away.
1: Oh, nice. So then. The lists that you get, the the leads that are coming in, are they? Is it usually that they've had some sort of nurture campaign and you know they've bought? Yeah, people. You know, in they or could be lists or both.
0: They could be warm leads. They could be leads generated from uh, their own CRM that they've been you know working on over the years. They could be you know cold leads. Like it, I've seen it all. It's just a matter of you know what they have and what they want me to do with it.
1: Very cool. And what kind of questions would you expect somebody to have for you when they initially sign up?
0: Um, you mean from the a potential prospect who wants our service?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Well, what do you charge? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what can Always. you guarantee me? <laughs> yeah, like that's the big one. What can you guarantee me? You know, um, and you know, uh, really, that's what it is, right? Oh. Like they have to be ready. They have to be ready
1: because i mean what can you guarantee me i can guarantee you that i am going to get on the phone can't really guarantee that anybody's going to answer or that they're going to engage in conversation well you know what you'd be
0: surprised you'd be surprised if i understand the industry i understand the sales cycle like i'm the one asking these questions right if i have that information then i could definitely give them a rough idea of what i expect to happen But if I don't have that information, I would tell them, look, within the first three to four days of making these calls, I'm going to give you the feedback. I'm going to tell you what those patterns are. It's not rocket science. I'm going to understand right away what those patterns are. Mm -hmm. But if a company knows their business and their sales um, situation very, very well, very closely, Mm -hmm. then these are not going to be issues. They're going to tell me, okay, this is what happens. This is what to expect. Do what I do, right? Mm -hmm. Follow what I do because I know that it works. And that doesn't happen. That doesn't come around every day. But I love working with companies like that because they're serious. They know what works. They know the objections. They know everything. And then they use somebody like myself or our firm to really bring it home. And that works like, that's like a match made in heaven. Nice. I love it.
1: So I'm just going to ask you, what is your favorite part of your business?
0: I actually like teaching this stuff. I love, you know, as you could see, I like talking about it, but I like teaching people because they don't realize what kind of results can happen. They don't realize it yet. And I love, you know, doing the corporate training. I love getting out there and teaching stuff that i know and and having fun with the like the craziness i deal with on the phones and like the characters when you have fun with it it's 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 just it makes life different than oh my god kill me this guy's just being a you know what right but (laughs) when you're having fun with it you you feel different about it
1: absolutely Nice. So, what would you say is one of the things that in your classes, in your trainings, people are most shocked by? Shocked. Yeah.
0: Oh, um, maybe being put on the spot. You know, Fair maybe enough. like <laughs> because, like, I like doing role play, and I like, you know, having what we're doing now. We're just going back and forth. I would do that with a small, you know, group of ten people. That's like okay. an ideal number so that you know they learn from each other and they share experiences so shocked i don't know that they would be shocked i think it would be um there would be more engagement mm-hmm. than feeling shocked
1: right but it was just like kind of one thing that surprises them i know it's in uh what back in the days when i was doing sales it was to to pull out of a a conversation when somebody's getting really excited it's like well you know i'm not really sure if if the timing's right, when there's the potential client, the prospect super excited, because oftentimes to me, a prospect being super excited was not really a good sign. <laughs> so, right, you, you know, usually there were fire, misguided fires, and we wanted to put them kind of slow that down a little bit, just so that we knew that this was actually the, the decision maker and that they could actually make that decision in the moment. And oftentimes, right. the students were like why would you pull somebody out of conversation when they're clearly excited about it is that not the whole idea of this so yeah it was it was to us it was super fun to see the um just the the aha moments of hey I really am in control of this conversation and it's okay to you know to have a little fun with it to play with it and do all those kind of things (laughs)
0: You hit something on the nail. It's the person asking the questions that's in control of the whole game. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people too are um, one of, they think that if a, the prospect asks a question that they have to answer it right away, that was another huge one. And that, and they, they couldn't answer a question with a question. <laughs> 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 Cause it was I'm like, no, you can definitely get a qualified question. I mean, why wouldn't you? right right
0: well you can really do what you want it's a matter of having like the rapport right it's uh it's the rapport that we look for that that makes things happen
1: i love it so give us an example of one of your cinderella stories with one of your clients
0: oh a cinderella story <laughs> like what Get, like if they went all.
1: from chaos and mayhem they hired you and now they're rocking and rolling or training or either one?
0: I think, um, what comes to mind now is public speaking. Mm -hmm. I think the presentation training that I do, that's what comes to mind. And the reason I say that is, I don't know if you're familiar with Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I saw this happen quite a bit at Toastmasters and I've seen it happen in, in my training sessions too, where, you know, like I don't want to, I have an industry in mind, but I don't want to say it because I don't want
1: to, I I just
0: don't want (laughs) to be stereotypical right now. Um, I don't want people to feel stereotyped, but um, I remember specifically where individuals were asked to present in front of, you know, 30 people and they were like just scared and really awkward and uncomfortable. And these are professional people. They're not like, you know, they're not high school students, right? They're professionals, they know their trade. And just that feeling where you're just so happy that you see the, the change from being so nervous to getting up and doing it. Like I could talk about this all day, it won't resonate until, you know, someone, you know, Bob or Jane or whoever is getting up and just actually doing the stuff and presenting in front of those people that they thought well how am I how the hell am I going to do this today and then then they do it and then, for me it's like it's such a high to see these things happen
1: nice. right absolutely well and I think it is a little shot. one I mean people go to school they go to university to become a professional at what Whatever they're doing, and public speaking almost never is a requirement as part of becoming a doctor or a lawyer or a, like lawyers probably do, but um you know engineers certainly don't. To yeah. to be able to <laughs> all of a sudden stand up and to and have that uh, kind of outgoing personality, especially I think if they're naturally introverted. Yes. Like, to stand up and be the one that's getting the attention and <laughs> everybody's looking at going,
0: what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so- true, it's true. And, um, but it's really rewarding when it happens. It's really rewarding. Um, and I think more schools these days are actually implementing public speaking training. Because nice. I remember when I was in school, like get up and present, I'm like, can I have a bag? Can I run away, please? Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this, right? <laughs> but seriously, right? but now it's, it's, you know, young people are being taught. I young people are being taught earlier, nice. which is, which
1: is nice to see. That is awesome to see. So I know our, our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you?
0: Um, I'll keep it really simple. You can follow me on YouTube uh, under prospect to win, or um you can also um, email me Nicole at prospect to com And, Prospect
1: to win is prospect with the number two, W Y N dot com. Nice. And of course, peeps we'll have the show links in the show notes for sure. And of course, you can go to awarenessstrategies.com/slash blog and type Nicole or sales or cold calling. (laughs) Her info. And then there
0: she appears.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like magic, magic.
0: right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Awesome. So, Nicole, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur?
0: Really awesome question.
1: University, university,
0: because I remember, you know, my parents saying, "Well, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? You've like, you know, you're working on a degree. What are you going to do with yourself?" And 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 I kept feeling like, "Well, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do." I really, I just knew that the nine to five lifestyle didn't appeal to me. And I did do the nine to five lifestyle. Right. Um, But I knew that I had a hard time with that. Um, So when, when you asked that university was the reason Um, I felt it because I was putting out there like tutoring. um, I just got a mind freeze. I used to tutor students. So I created like a, brochure I created stuff just no one told me to create it I just created it and I started to post it all over university um, and then I went to different universities and colleges and did the same thing and people were calling me to like help them with essay writing and I'm like I'm having so much fun like I love doing that stuff and I understood right away that that was way more fun for me than taking somebody else's crap at work. Right. (laughs) Like I just, sorry. Right. Like uh, it was, it just was. And I just knew that that I had something going on. I knew I was more creative and I'm not putting anybody down. I just knew I was more creative in that sense. That's
1: how I knew I was more entrepreneurial. (laughs) Nice, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time, Nicole. You've been amazing. Any last words for our peeps?
0: just have fun doing what you want to do. Um, of course it has to be, you know, results oriented. It has to translate into business, right. But just keep
1: going and persist. Awesome. Thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. (laughs) Thank you. Peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow.
0: Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention, you do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years and it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The links in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.